This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. Did you know that Duct Tape Marketing is more than a powerful system for small business marketing? It's also a network of independent marketing consultants around the world who use the Duct Tape Marketing methodology to help small businesses grow. Check it out at ducttape.me slash 123go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance and my guest today is Ryan Dice. He's a best-selling author, founder of multiple companies, collectively employing hundreds around the globe. He's one of the most dynamic speakers on marketing in the United States today. He's the founder of digitalmarketer.com and also the author of Digital Marketing for Dummies. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me. I can't believe it's taken this long to have you on the show. I've been a fan. I've been a client or, or customer, I should say, probably of your uh, of your work, and so I'm really thrilled to have you. Yeah, I just assumed you didn't like me, so <laughs> no, this is nice. <laughs> so, so, digital marketing for dummies. I, I just love these dummies uh, titles, but it's a book you probably have to update a lot, isn't it? Oh yeah. So let me go back in time. I never agreed to write that book. Never. <laughs> What kind of idiot writes a book on digital marketing? It only changes every other week. Yeah, no, we the, literally the first time we wrote it, there was nothing about Instagram because it didn't really exist. It wasn't much of a thing. And thankfully, I've got a great team and they do a lot of work to get that book updated. But yeah, the, the good folks at Wiley just about every year, okay, it's time. Okay. And the good news is there's just more dummies every year anyway. Boy, I feel like I get dumber every year as fast as this stuff changes. Yeah. So if you're a digital marketing dummy, I, I like to think you're in good company, including joining you as the author of the book. <laughs> well, I, I remember I have some friends that when social media was coming online. Everybody was rushing to write books about social media. And before they literally get it done, Facebook would change the interface completely. And it was like, we can't even publish it. It was like, I did all this work. We got to rewrite it. So yeah, I, yeah. I stay away from that. <laughs> no, and I think it's a good point, right? There's a lesson just in there, which is focus on, I like to tell people, because everybody wants to ask me like, what's next in marketing and stuff right. like that. And I think it's, look, you don't want to bury your head in the sand, but marketing, advertising, it's always just the amplification of a message. Yeah, And if you don't have a good message, then there's no point in paying or investing a lot of time to amplify it, especially when the amplification channels are changing so dang fast. Yeah. I tell people all the time, it's like, well, all these things have changed in marketing. And I said, really the thing that's changed that you need to pay attention to is how people buy because it's all these platforms are going to come and go. But fundamentally what we have to do to establish trust and get somebody to give us money, that hasn't changed at all. Frankly, it's just how people use these platforms that we have to pay attention to. Yeah. I think there's been more comfort with people purchasing online, especially in a post-pandemic world where we had no other choice. It's funny. Prior to COVID, only like 16% of retail transactions occurred online. It peaked. It, it more than doubled. It's like yeah. 35 36% now. But think about that. It still is in the minority. So yeah. yeah, way less has changed than people realize. Speaking of change, I'm a little older than you are. But in terms of online years, you've been out there as long as a lot of people. I, I, I sold my first product where it was a three-ring binder with CDs that I shipped to somebody. Tell me a little bit about your, because I know you did it when you were in college, like in a dorm or a frat house or something. <laughs> what was your first sort of uh, foray into the, the world of internet marketing, as we called it? Yeah, I was definitely from a dorm, not a frat house. I wasn't cool <laughs> enough, nor did I have enough money to get into one of those. But uh, yeah, no, my, I made my first sale online in 1999 
from my college dorm room as a freshman. So I, I didn't set out to start an online business. I actually was doing web design because that was the only thing I could think to do. And I was terrible at it, by the way. But I had a, a student edition of, of Adobe Go Live. I don't know if you remember that one. And I, was a, I was a front page, Microsoft front page guy myself. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it because I got it from the, the student bookstore and right. they didn't have front page at the time. So Go Live was the best I could get. So they, yeah, so I was building these very simple pages. And you, you remember this, like back then Flash was all the rage. Oh, yeah. You go to a web page and like, there was all this swirly twirly stuff and it was like enter the site and you would click a button and then you were on the site. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. I knew how to build a single column thing with a headline on top and some words down below it and a button. Little did I know that's what we now know just works, right? Yeah. Back then it was, I did it because it's all I knew how to do. But I had this client who, funny enough, was a lactation consultant, which I've got four kids now and my wife nurse all of them. So I, I, I love those people. But when I was 19, that was an awkward website build. And wait, my roommates wait, were, were, there, were there photos? There were primarily <laughs> like nursing pads. My friends thought I was into some weird stuff. I'm like, I promise it's a client. Long story short, her husband lost his job. She had to go back to work, shut down her practice. But this woman was brilliant, really like ahead of her time. What she realized is that once she taught mom's how to nurse. And once their children weaned, she was out of a job. Like she was out of, they didn't need her anymore. And so she thought, what's the next step? She thought customer centrically, like, how can I continue to serve this customer? She didn't define her business by the work that she did. She defined it by her customer. And, and that was a lesson right there. And so what she did, she said, I, I want to get into early childhood nutrition. So she actually created this book, this simple little ebook on how to make your own baby food. And she felt so bad that she wasn't able to pay me that she said, here, I want you to have this book. I want you to have this book on making your own baby food and hopefully you can sell it and make some money. Well, I'm like, thanks. It's like I got like a half dead goldfish for my birthday. I'm like, what do I do with this? And, and but I was like, I need money. So I'm going to, I didn't get paid and I still have rent. So I got to, I got to pay for books and stuff. I stayed up all night, built a one page website, selling this ebook on how to make your own baby food. I optimized for Alta Vista. Because basically at this point, Google was a science fair project. Optimized for AltaVista and Dogpile, got some quick rankings. And I remember a couple of days later seeing a sale come through a PayPal account for 14 bucks. And I thought to myself, this is a thing. Somebody who I don't know, who doesn't know me, found a site, read it, and then gave me $14. And I sent them a digital PDF ebook. This was pre-Kindle, pre-all that stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. And uh, I said, what if I had 100 of these? And so that's where it all began. I have to comment that half dead goldfish thing was a really specific example. Was that like a birthday present for you one day? <laughs> I remember, I remember I, I went to one of my buddies. I went to his birthday party. This was when I was a kid and another kid brought him as a present, a goldfish. And I, I just remember even as a child, the look on his parents' faces, like why on earth did you give my son a goldfish? And it literally died that day. Uh, I spent the night at his house and the goldfish died. So yeah, it is. there's a story there. Okay. As I mentioned in the intro, Digital Marketer, you're the founder and CEO of Digital Marketer. Give us a, when did that start? When did you start that? Yeah. Digital Marketer is about uh, 10 years old now. But what's funny is I've always sold and talked about marketing because that was how I learned. You know this, John, like back in the day, there was nobody talking about this stuff. And so I was doing it. There were a handful of conferences. Most of them were just terrible, awful, biz op, pitch fest kind of things where you just, you went, you felt slimy, right? And so I was like, I don't like this, but 
I'm going to still talk about what I'm doing. So I started an email newsletter that people could sign up for. And what I would do anytime I wanted to go and start a different business. So I'm going to start this business in how to make your own sushi, or I'm going to import time and attendance systems, which was another thing I've had. I've always just had a ton of different companies going. I would email my list, which was only a few thousand people. And I'd say, I'm going to start this new business. If you want to watch me do it, I'll add you to a separate sub list. Just pay me a couple hundred bucks. And that was how I funded a lot of my early ventures was through this list. It was almost like a kickstart thing. And then when I would learn something new, I would document what I did, mostly for me. It was how I learned. It was how I could repeat. And when I was hiring people, it was how I could train them. And I was like, I bet I can sell this because I was selling eBooks over here. So it, it really started out as this byproduct. I'm learning it anyway. I'm documenting it anyway. Why don't I just sell it? But it was always this side thing, this side hustle. And then me and a buddy decided, hey, let's put on an event about marketing because most of them are terrible. So we decided we were going to do this event called Traffic and Conversion Summit. And we thought just a handful of people would come out. And it was like that college party or high school party when the parents are out of town and you invite a couple of friends and now the whole school's there. That's what happened to this event. Like there was 250 people there. We only had spots originally for 75, 80, had to expand the room last minute. A good problem to have, but we didn't charge hardly anything for this event. We sold nothing. So I remember getting the bill on the last day being like, I don't have this money. And so on the last day, we're like, we're doing the event again. Also that I could raise money to pay the bill for this one, which I think is technically a Ponzi scheme, but I didn't <laughs> do that at the time. And we did hold the event. We did deliver on it. But the only reason that we did Traffic and Conversion Summit the next year was to pay the bill that one. Then we were so excited. We're like, let's do it again. We lost so much money the first three years we did that event. But I remember the third year of Traffic and Conversion Summit. It had grown. There's now 800 people in the audience. And I said, this is probably a thing. So on a whim, on the last day, we said, we're going to be launching a new company called Digital Marketer. We're taking all of our products, putting it under one roof. But it was definitely, we probably had a list of 150,000 people at that time, but we didn't treat it like a company. We didn't yeah. think about it like a company. I never wanted to be one of those people who talked about marketing, but didn't actually do it. And then it eventually just grew. Traffic Conversion Summit grew to like six, 7,000 people, digital marketers grown. And it's just, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. So maybe give us a succinct description of where digital marketer is today. Are there levels of things and just maybe... If almost if somebody was thinking about what is this thing or how can I access it, maybe surely you have the two minute version of that. Yeah. So at, at its core, we're a premium community. So yes, we have an email newsletter and stuff like that. But at, at our core is our premium community, which is called Lab. It's $95 a month. There's a $49 version that we don't really advertise. But if you go to cancel, we'll be like, hey, take this one. And that's a tip. I don't know. But we've got around you know, 10, 12,000 people who are in that. We sell certifications as well for folks who really want to go to that next level of learning. Also, companies that want to train their own teams will come to us. So we'll work with larger organizations like FedEx and D&B who want to train their marketers. And, and we also put on regular workshops. And I like, we're, we do every single month, we do a live, it's now live virtual. We always live streamed it, but a, a new workshop on something new, something interesting. Cause like we said at the beginning, it's always changing. Yeah. And, and what's fun about it for me is it's not me teaching the stuff anymore as much anymore. Like I'll come out every now and then and talk about offer creation or copywriting, but marketing has gotten so big and so complicated. And there's so many people who are so good at those areas that it now is about identifying who's the best in the world at 
Facebook or Instagram? Like, how do we bring them into our community and share what they know with our audience? So we're way more of a publishing company now than like a, a consulting company or anything like that. Do you get some pushback from um, some of these organizations that, because your DNA is in a little more of the bootstrap sort of online stuff. You talk about tripwires and some of the things that maybe somebody from a larger organization like a FedEx or something, it would it just be a foreign language to them. Do you ever feel like you need to adjust for the mainstream, if you will? We used to. I don't anymore. And it's because... What I found is my heart, my passion is with the smaller businesses. Right. I love the accidental entrepreneurs. Uh, I love the small to medium sized businesses, the the you know owner operated companies. It's who I am. It's who I'm enthusiastic about. And frankly, they just don't give me as much crap. And I'll, I'll give a lot of credit to FedEx, right? Yeah. The folks from FedEx, their marketing team found us. Like one of their marketing people put our, our subscription on their own card and, and brought us into the organization. But we've had uh, other larger companies that I'm not going to necessarily name who they're like, we want you to come in and train our people. And they're like, we don't like this. We want you to teach this. And, and I, I did it one time. Yeah. And then I realized I don't want to and I don't have to. So we've got our methodology. We know that it works. And frankly, we know it works for small, medium and large businesses. The folks that get that, great. The ones that don't, there's a lot of fantastic training organizations out there that will uh, happily serve them. We're just not one that's going to bend to their whims. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor, the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. If you are a consultant or agency or coach, let me ask if any of these ring true. Do you have trouble getting in front of enough ideal clients? Are you constantly being forced to compete on price? Are you working too hard and not making enough money. I've got a free ebook for you. It's called The Seven Steps to Scale Your Practice or Agency Without Adding Overhead. You can go get it at ducttapemarketing.com slash no dash over. That's ducttapemarketing.com slash no dash over. Go get it today. If somebody asks you where do you want to be three years from now with this or arbitrary number of some sort, do you have a, here's where we're going with this? Or is it just, hey, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling doing what we're doing? So with digital marketer in particular, we, I really want to equip more practitioners with our stuff so that they can get in the trenches and do it. And I know you've got a similar, we both have similar licensed programs where we've created this intellectual property and it works and it's great stuff. And people come to us and they learn it. The, the problem is that as good as our stuff is, it's maybe going to get somebody 90% of the way there. Yeah. That last 10% where they've got to connect those dots, it's hard because you can't read the bottle. You can't read the label from inside the bottle. I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I'm a terrible marketing consultant for my own business. You need somebody from the outside in. And so now that we've got our digital marketer certified partner program where we license practitioners to go into the field and to teach our stuff to other people. And I'm excited about that. One, I think it's a really, it's just a good business model, but it delivers the value, right? It gets the people what they want, which is, can somebody just do this for me? Yeah. And for us, the answer is not us. Like we're not a service-based company. Like we're just not, I'm not. Yeah. We tried it. We're terrible at it. It requires just, I don't know, maybe a level of maturity that we don't have. I don't know. It, it's oh, a different business it, model. It's the least um, it's the least profitable thing you could probably do too. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly, it's difficult to do both. And so I'm excited about that and continuing to expand that. I believe there's going to be an emerging need for fractional CMOs. Mm -hmm. I really do. We've seen oh, yeah. fractional executives explode all across other functional categories, right? Fractional CFO, strategy. It, it needs to exist in the marketing realm for all the reasons that we've talked about. 
It yeah. changes so quickly. The pivot to digital marketers, frankly, are in short supply and getting expensive. So I'm excited about that trend and how we can really help support that. Yeah, and I think that the other dynamic there too is that um, you can now hire talent for, as you mentioned, for one very specific thing from all over the world. So in some ways, a lot of these organizations don't need the brilliant strategist as much as they need somebody who can orchestrate a lot yeah. of the moving parts. It's such a good distinction. Yes, you need somebody who can set the strategy, but you could in the past, okay, I'm going to hire a consultant to do that and then we'll execute. Yeah. It's really not enough. You need somebody to set the strategy and then pull the orchestra together and get everybody, you know, playing the same tune. And that's the difference between a consultant. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that a marketing consultant can't be valuable, but I think that's the difference between a marketing consultant, a marketing strategist, an agency, yeah. and a, a true fractional CMO. Totally. And for a lot of agencies, the challenge that they're facing right now is just providing services of a race to the bottom because just go to Fiverr and, and see what people are charging for stuff. It's tough to provide some of those services as agencies anymore. And even if they argue that they're better, and, and in almost every case they are, sure. good luck convincing the, the buyer that. And, and so the reality is that you're going to have to make so many more pitches now to get somebody to say yes. And even when they say yes, they're always looking around at all the low cost providers because anybody who can spell SEO is like, I can get you ranking in the Googles <laughs> and they're almost all full of crap, but... If there's enough of them, it sure creates a lot of noise. So yeah, I don't believe the differentiator is on the agency side anymore. Uh, I think they're essential. But if I'm an agency, I'm either building a fractional CMO practice within my agency, yeah. likely as a separate brand. Yes. And, and so I'm doing that. I become my own in-house provider or I'm partnering with somebody who is, and I'm essentially white labeling my services. So I'm not so much client facing anymore. I think a lot of, I've been schooling a lot of agencies on, they need to add coaching and training and ways to go deeper into the organization instead of just being a vendor in some cases. So. You gotta, and it also, as a buyer of this, now what you can say as an agency is, look, we'll do it for you, but we'll also train and coach your people. Right. So that if I get hit by a bus or you decide you want to bring it in a house, you can. Now, an agency would be very threatened by that idea. But the reality is most businesses are never going to take you up on it. They want to do their voodoo. They don't want to do yours. But if you tell them on the front end that, hey, I'm going to help teach and train your people and do it. I'm going to teach them to fish and give you the fish. That is a killer value proposition. I think it is. And I think as organizations, you and I both love and we're working with small business owners. If they're going to evolve, they need to bring marketing as an asset into the business as well. And so they can't just rely on hiring outsourced third party people for everything. Or I think they're always going to run the risk of, like you said, I got to hire the next person the next time rather than growing the organization. I'm not saying they all need to have a marketing department, but they, they need to have marketing as an asset in the business. And that's the part that I think they abdicate often. And it's hard for me to hire marketers yeah. and know who's real and who's full of crap. Like it's, and I do this for a living. I'm sure the same is true for you. I can't even imagine the guy that's running the HVAC company or the jewelry store or their professional services company yeah. provider yeah. in some way. And now they got to go and find a digital marketer right. and evaluate that talent. Like, good luck. That's going to be really tough. Yeah. A lot of them just don't do it because of that. That's they exactly right. They don't do it. And now, unfortunately, the tragic thing is they wind up getting beat yep. by somebody who's not as good at serving the customer as they are, but they're better at marketing. And I, as a marketer, like our whole why, our whole purpose at Digital Marketer is we want to level the playing field so that the best win. We believe the best should win, but that's not life. That's not reality. The best product or service doesn't win. The best marketer wins. But if we can help everybody be the best marketer, then hopefully the cream will rise to the, to the top. So 
let's let's get under the hood a little bit here. And, and people ask me this question all the time, and I got embarrassed for a while because I'd say, they say, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? I do have some hobbies, but I really like my work <laughs> a lot. And I suspect yeah. you have a little bit of that, but what when you're not when you're not working, when you go on vacation and three days after you've been on vacation, you unplug, what do you what does Ryan like to do? Yeah, so it's an actual vacation, not a trip. See, I would just think I've got four kids. So if I go on a vacation with my children, that's a trip. It's not actually a vacation. Most parents would, I think, appreciate that. So I'm on a vacation. It's just my wife and I. I love, look, I like playing golf. I like eating good food. I like seeing fun places, but I also love art. I've been collecting art since I was 18 years old. I remember I went on a, this like college trip to like a charity type trip to Haiti and seeing some of the, what they would refer to as primitive art as a style, not meaning that, that they are primitive. It's more just a style of art, seeing it and just being like, this is amazing. So I've, I'm a big, I'm, I love art and I, I love what art teaches us about sequence and proportion and balance. It's its own language. It just speaks to kind of humanity. And I think there's a lot that, that uh, marketers can learn uh, from just seeing great art. Yeah, I've, I've long told people that when I get my best ideas from outside of marketing, from reading books on architecture and, and things like that. It's so true that that's really where the all the innovation, I think, comes from, because uh, otherwise we're just copying what we see everybody else do. Yeah, you're just swirling around the same ideas. It's iter- it's tiny little slivers of... Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, I get some of my best ideas from you know reading books like on architecture and math and things, because I think if you just focus on marketing as a marketer, you know, you're just regurgitating what everybody else is doing. Yeah, I think the, the little iterative improvements are going to come from optimizing what everybody's doing. The breakthroughs happen when you go outside of your bubble and you make connections that have no business being made. Yeah. And yeah, I think you got to listen to different types of music. Yeah, you got to watch different types of movies. Yeah. You got to look at different types of art. You got to learn from different areas. That, that's where the breakthroughs are going to happen. So Ron, this was a delight for, for me. And I know for our listeners, obviously people can find you at digitalmarketer.com. Is there any other resources you want to share? Hey, I'll tell you, I love Twitter. I'm a big Twitter guy. I like its uh, brevity. So uh, twitter.com forward slash Ryan Dice. And if at me or whatever, that's actually me. Full disclosure, Facebook and most of the other ones, that's my team. Twitter is me and you can tell because it's mostly like 90s movie quotes and just general tomfoolery. <laughs> awesome. Ryan, thanks for uh, stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And hopefully we'll, we'll see you uh, down in Austin or somewhere uh, on the road again when uh, we all get back out there. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, John. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training, marketing training for your team? If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, Check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team.